You're listening to Creative Encounters, where creators freely talk about faith, creativity, and inspiration. Brought to you by Candle Culture. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Encounters podcast. I'm so excited that you are back, that you are here, and that you are listening. Welcome to episode six of Back to Basics. You guys, we're almost at the end of this series. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful that we've been on this journey for a couple of weeks now and I hope that it's been helpful to at least one person. We're going to talk about a very, very special person today. Um, I'm going to get into that in a second, but a bit about my week. So I actually wanted to tell you about my Lent so far because someone asked me and I thought, you know what, I should probably share with all of you how that has been going even if I have like four days or five days left, I should have done this earlier. But Lent this year has been really good, difficult. But I know that at the start of the, um, not the year, at the start of Lent, I had said that. And I think at the time I was struggling to decide what to give up or, you know, start. And I said, I just really want to learn how to live a fasted life. I don't want to start something. And then after Lent, I go back to my regular schedule or I don't want to stop something. And then after Lent, I go back to it. Um, I think that's what has happened in a very odd way this year. So for some, you know, little context, every year I try to do um, a couple of things that remind me of how sacred the season of Lent is. And so I don't listen to certain types of songs. I just listen to worship music so that I can like feed my spirit and like edify my spirit. I try to like stay away from certain types of content um usually I'm off social media but this year I was on Instagram and um, social media in general what else oh yes and then in 2022 I started also including like my Daniel fast so I did it for the first time in 2021 and in 2022 I made it part of my Lent sacrifices and then this year as well now, the Daniel fast in and of itself is enough. And I know that the Lord knows that because it's so hard. But for me, this year, I really wanted to pick something in addition to all these other things that just helped me with the season, helped me to pray, helped me to put my like fix my thoughts on God and everything. I really wanted to choose something that would help me get a step closer to living a fasted life. And obviously, there's no fasted life without discipline, right? So my thing for this year was um to not be on my bed or in my bed except I'm sleeping now that sounds a bit weird but ever since the pandemic I've had this really little big problem where I'm always 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 just on my bed like I would do every anything um work-wise and just like life-wise from my bed because it's so comfortable and I think after the pandemic I found it difficult to like drop that habit and so this year for Lent I was like you know what I'm going to try to only go to my bed when I need to sleep so for the first week and the second week it was fine but after like the second week I absolutely just failed um but it taught me two things it taught me one that you shouldn't give yourself an inch when it comes to to sin in general so this is not really sinful I hope not but just for sin in general, because you're going to, you know, take a mile. 
And so if you say, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to allow this one thing, allow that one thing, you're going to end up falling more than you had planned because the human flesh is naturally weak. So if you're trying to commit to something or commit to staying away from something, you have to try your hardest to, you know, not be legalistic, right? But just have like these hard and fast rules for yourself because when you start to make exceptions like I did, you are opening the door for like more and more temptation, which is not the best. And the second thing is I also actually think that the fast at life thing worked because although I didn't, you know, stick with it throughout Lent, I've become a bit better about like not staying on my bed for everything. And that's just because of like two weeks of every day, even when it was so hard over the weekends, waking up, getting up and getting to my desk and that like disciplining of my body for like two weekends just did something for me. And it also reminds me that with this whole thing of a fasted life, what it's about is really trying and just presenting what you can and what you have to God. And then God will cover up the rest with his grace. Um, and if, you, if you're trying to live a life where you're consecrated to God and, and just, you know, submitting yourself to God, he takes your life and he begins to make these changes and improvements that really lead you to um, become a better version of yourself. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And I'm going to use these terms interchangeably. So the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit, because on one hand, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, right? But then on the other hand, the Holy Spirit is a person. So for Christians who believe that there are three persons, or anyways, for me and my Christian faith, I believe that there are three persons in one God. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes I just refer to Holy Spirit as I would say Jesus or God, hence why I would say Holy Spirit. And so that's the who or the what, however you want to say that. And then the why, one of my friends told me something that stuck with me. She said that God is so beautiful in that he really studied us and the different times in which humans would exist to know what expression of him would best suit his people. And so there was a time when, you know, the likes of Moses and Abraham and all these other characters in the Bible had encounters with God. And at the time, we didn't hear of Jesus, we didn't hear of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but it came to, you know, this point where Jesus understood that people needed to reach God. And there was a lot of different steps that, they were taking to reach him and they didn't really understand fully his grace, his mercy, and just to, how to reach these parts of him. And so Jesus sent his son to the world to die for us. Then people had Jesus to reach God and experience the grace of God personified. My friend was telling me that if Jesus was here walking amongst us, um, it wouldn't really work out. And I agree with her. And so she said, he sent the Holy Spirit, who is another expression of God, a different expression of God, to be with us, to stay with us, to remain with us. And we have Holy Spirit guiding us through life. And that is the manifestation of God that we have. That is God that we have in our, our own time. Um, it's beautiful to see God's thoughtfulness, but also God's wisdom and, and care for us in sending the Holy Spirit as um, God with us today. So I was thinking of how best to talk about the Holy Spirit. And first of all, because Holy Spirit means so much to me, that is everything to me. And 
I talk about the Holy Spirit all the time because that's my companion for life. If I've ever, and this is to anyone who knows me personally who would say something like, oh, you give off peaceful vibes or you're like wise or whatever, like whatever compliments that I get. But it's all the Holy Spirit. Like, it's the Holy Spirit that gives me peace and allows me to exude that peace. It's the Holy Spirit that tells me what to say, how to say it. It's like, I'll, I'll literally be at work in a meeting and I'll pray a little prayer. Holy Spirit, what do you think? What should I say? And then I'll say something and people say, oh, I like that idea. It's literally all the Holy Spirit. That's my secret to doing life. And I'm very happy to share the secret with you because I know that your life will be so much better if the Holy Spirit becomes your friend and your companion. Okay, so I read this book at the start of 2022 and it's called Path of the Holy Spirit by Spurgeon. At the time, because I wasn't really good at sitting with content that I was taking in, I read the book, highlighted it, thought it was good, but didn't really know the power, no pun intended, of what I was reading. And going back to review it for this episode, it has been so helpful in terms of me just understanding who we have when we say that we have the Holy Spirit. So Spurgeon, the author of the book, talks about four outward and visible signs of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be my how in this episode in terms of how to understand the Holy Spirit, but also how to walk with the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can help you in your own walk. So he says, creative works, resurrection works, works of testimony and um, works of grace. So the very first one, creative works. Spurgeon talks about how the Holy Spirit is responsible for the creation of the world. He basically goes all the way back to Genesis, to Genesis 1-2, and gives that verse that, you know, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the whole surface of the world, um, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So there was nothing really but the Spirit. And so the Spirit was there and was responsible for the creation of the world. And then he also talks about, which I also found, I found very interesting, how um, when Jesus was to be born into the world, God sent an angel to the mother of God, the mother of Jesus, Mary. And um, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so he says that even the creation of the birth of Jesus was because of the Holy Spirit. So he gives all these verses and all of that. But I, be- I began to think of the Holy Spirit and creativity in a more personal way to me and to why I think it's so important to even consider the Holy Spirit in your creativity. I've been doing candle culture and doing the playlists and all of those things. And then sometimes people ask me, oh, how do you know what episode, sorry, what playlist is coming next? What title, what topic? I truly don't know 90% of the time, but the Holy Spirit would always tell me, would always share with me what he's thinking in terms of what should come next and how we should work on it together. Now, I know that at this point, I'm so conscious of the fact that many people who are listening to this are just new to the faith. And so it might sound weird, spooky, whatever, but just think of how the world says, I had this feeling, I felt this calling or something in me said, for me, I say Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm saying here. So I think it's important to talk about why I believe that Holy Spirit is the go-to for creativity and well, my go-to for creativity and what I want to share with you on this podcast through um, conversations and even hopefully in the future, the solo episodes. I took a class in college 
called The Psychology of Creativity. And I think I said this in the very first episode or first couple of episodes of this podcast. And and in that class, I learned a lot about what really goes into creativity. Um, One of the books that we read um, is called The Writing Life by Annie Dillard. And she talks about how writing is a very difficult craft. And even beyond that book, a couple of, of the other things that we read in the class really helped me to understand how and it's sad for some people, their creativity consumes them and almost wages this war in them that it takes over. People can't create beautifully and brilliantly without some detriment to themselves. And again, it's not everybody, but I was able to see some examples in one or two of the things that I read in that class. For me, Holy Spirit is that way that I make sure that what I'm creating never becomes my source, my guide, my be all and end all. Like the reason why I'm even creating in the first place, it never makes me, it never gives me a sense of identity or self-worth that I find everything that is valuable in God and you as a creative. And remember that we're all creatives in our own ways. We're all builders, creators in our own different ways that we find our identity and our worth and everything in God. And because we find ourselves fully in God, we can then work with him and release into this world everything that he wants us to do. That's the first thing. The second thing is there's a Bible verse that talks about what we call the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so patience and gentleness and love and all of those things. And so if I'm creating with with the Holy Spirit, which is love itself and gentleness itself and kindness itself and gives of all these fruits, then there's no way that I'm going to create and be left bereft of the, of these things. And so even if in the moment, don't get me wrong, creating is a difficult thing, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing. And sorry to be distracted, but just thinking of this tweet I saw on Instagram where someone said, it is really hard and thus spiritual to pull an idea out of your head and put it into the world. And so, yeah, it's very difficult, very hard. So in the moment, it's going to be difficult. But the thing about God is that God doesn't leave us empty. And so the spirit of God can never leave us empty. And so even if so much comes out of you in your creativity and in your production and in your work, he's going to fill you back up because that's what the spirit does. And so if you're creative and you're a believer, you have to ensure that you're partnering with the Holy Spirit so that so that your creativity and what you produce will be just a blessing all round, that it will bless you um, as it blesses the world as well. So the second one is resurrection works. And Spurgeon just in summary says that this is about the fact that Christ was raised from the dead by the Spirit. So in a couple of days, Christians will celebrate the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And this is just the fundamental, like the core of our faith, right? Um, and so it's so interesting to see um, in the verse that Spurgeon brings up, 1 Peter 3.18, where it says, Christ died for our sins once for all to bring us to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the spirit. And so it's so interesting to see that this you know, truth that is so fundamental to our faith as Christians, that Christ was raised from the dead, was made possible by the power of the Spirit. There's another verse in the Bible, Romans 8, 11, 
that says that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And I think it's such a powerful verse because it's a reminder of who we are and what we carry, the power that we have, the lights that we have, like the light that we carry. There's something, there's a spirit in us that empowers us to be here today and do the work and the things that we're doing. And that's why, you know, just before Jesus died, his disciples were asking him, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? All of that. And he said, no, you're going to be happy that I'm going because the one that's going to come after me, he will give you comfort. He will guide you into all truth. He said so much about the spirit. And I think for anyone who ever feels alone or incapable or inadequate or any of those things, know that you're not here just doing life by yourself. That the spirit is with you, here with you to guide you, to lead you, to teach you, to correct you, all of that. And there's so much that I could say about this, but in terms of just really tapping into this gift, this promise that Jesus said he was going to leave with us, the same way that you pray, God help me, Jesus help me, because a spirit help me, Holy Spirit help me. And so whatever it is that you know you need, ask the spirits, Holy Spirit, can you show me what path to take? how to walk on this path, the the wisdom, the knowledge. Can you give me understanding? You know, all of these things. Can you give me more love? All of these things. Because of who the Spirit is and the power that the Spirit has, which is demonstrated in the resurrection of Christ, but also that power then living in us. We have so much that we can draw on um, as we need. And then the very last one, or the last two, but I'm combining them. So works of testimony and works of grace. So Spurgeon describes works of testimony as healing. All the healing that Jesus did in his time and all the healing that Paul was able to do and like other, you know, apostles and people in the Bible. It's all through the power of the Holy Spirit um, according to Spurgeon. And then for works of grace, he talks about transformation and how this work of becoming more and the deeper, as I've said too many times, better version you know, of yourself, of ourselves. It, he says that it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so there are two words that come to mind here, healing and renewal. And that's why I wanted to combine them because I feel like I think it's a friend of mine that pointed out to me that people need, a lot of us need to heal from things that we don't even know that we need to heal from. Um, And luckily we have the spirit of God who, this is not only something that the spirit of God can do, but this is the work of the Holy Spirit, healing, transformation. And so another way for you to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit is also to ask for renewal of your mind of your hearts that god the spirit of god will come and do a new work in you that whatever things that are holding you back um especially when it comes to your healing and your transformation the same way you say god help me jesus help me ask the spirit because this is the spirit's place area of expertise what he knows best um this healing work this transformation work
I know I've said a bunch of things and there's a lot of reading to do about the Holy Spirit that will help you understand better. And so I'm going to link in the description a slide or like collection of verses or actually chapters that I put on Candle Culture a while back. So seven chapters about the Holy Spirit from the Bible. So you can read them online or if you have the Bible app, you can read it via the Bible app. But all these chapters will give you a good idea of who the Holy Spirit is, the promise of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit. I know that, especially if, you know, this is not, if you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, it might sound far-fetched or confusing or, you know, whatever, however it sounds to you. But I just really wanted to share this as part of Back to Basics because I don't think that there's any work to be done in terms of this faith walk without the Spirit of God. Even in the book that I've referred to, Spurgeon says that to believe is supernatural. Faith is the work of the Spirit of God. And so even in journaling and praying and fasting um, and humility, the Spirit of God that will help you with all these things. And you're trying to walk with Jesus. I highly recommend tapping into um, the person of the Spirit and asking the Spirit to help you in this walk. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of this podcast. I'm so, so grateful. If you have comments, feedback, questions, any of that, please feel free to reach out at My Candle Culture. You can DM me anytime or you can interact via Spotify. Thank you, Jotham, so much for interacting with Back to Basics, the series. I'm so happy to hear from you and yeah, we're almost there. So just keep telling me what you think about the episodes. If you like this podcast so far, please feel free to share with a friend or two friends. And if you can leave a rating, it will let other people know that this is a good podcast to listen to by the grace of God. I hope that you guys have the best rest of the day and I'll see you on the next episode of the Creative Encounters podcast. Bye.